you are tuned into CFCR 90.5 FM. It's time for the nerdy news. It's Punch Radio, and it's New Year's Eve. Yay! It's the last show of the year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Um, we are going to talk about our favorite things that happened this year. I'm going to quickly go through some things that we watched and also things that I read. We'll hear from Hank and Craig, and then Dave's going to walk us through uh, his favorite music from 2021. Yes. So that'll be good. I went through some of my cards from previous episodes and the things that we talked about, and I was reminded by a couple of things that I had forgotten about that were really good. And one of those was Nobody, the movie with Bob Odenkirk. This was like an early COVID movie release that came out amidst sort of a dearth of movie releases that we were excited to see because we love Bob Odenkirk. And it was a really good movie, but we just we watched it once 11 months ago or 10 months ago. Yeah. And kind of forgot about it, but it was really great. It was good. He is such an awesome actor. I love him. And he fits this role really well of, you know, a guy, a dad, seemingly a fish out of water who is put into this world of violence. And then it turns out that he has this history. And it is fantastic. I really enjoyed it. I hope there are more movies, not necessarily like this one, but more different sort of movie prototypes that Odenkirk can pour himself into if this upcoming season of Better Call Saul is to be the last, as I understand it likely is. I I hope there are other projects like Nobody, leading man roles for for Odenkirk, we will be in favor of. And he did have a heart attack on the the set, but he seems to be fine. So hopefully he's okay. Hopefully he's okay. Bob, we wish you well. We hope you're healthy and happy and we get to see a lot of you in 2022. Another uh, TV kind of related thing, I guess Netflix, it was documentary about Willie T. Ribs. There were a lot of really cool documentaries this year that crept up about car racing And this one was a really interesting perspective into the life and times of one of the earliest uh, African-American drivers and sort of the things that held him back and some of the things that propelled him forward. And it was a really interesting watch. A racing movie that's also a race movie. What? Nice one. Okay. Uh, Enjoyed The Father. A little bit dark. It's hard to watch. It's uh, Anthony Hopkins and Olivia Coleman basically a father and daughter's uh, relationship and how it changes uh, with his decline into dementia. And there's some really interesting casting. I don't want to say too much about it because uh, I don't want to give anything away, but it's lovely. It's a, a really touching and moving portrait and all everybody pulls their weight. Yeah, and it's a movie, it, not just the actors pulling their weight, but in the direction of the movie too, there are some interesting choices made to sort of put the reader uh, a little off in terms of who they can trust and what version of events they're able to take at face value, almost putting you in the shoes of somebody struggling with early onset dementia, which made it a memorable experience. Maybe not a rewatchable movie, but I just remember watching that movie and being moved and kind of in awe of the performances it kind of plays like a stage piece a little bit it does but the parts that you couldn't recreate on a live stage 
involved some choices that put the reader or sorry put the viewer in an interesting position to that you know to try to sort of sympathize with Hopkins character yeah which is not an easy experience to go through but it's a, a nice art piece for sure yeah it's great a great art piece that we saw this year was uh, French Dispatch uh, and this one uh the new Wes Anderson, brand new, just came out, and I really enjoyed it. I know I'll watch it again. Uh, as I said, I think last week, it didn't resonate the way that some of his other ones did, but I, I'm going to, I'll watch it again. Yeah, I think my big takeaway from that would be that it was really fun watching Adrian Brody and Benicio Del Toro play off of each other. Yeah, they had a good dynamic. One Wes Anderson staple character returning to the troupe, and one great actor we've never seen working with Wes Anderson before. Yeah. um, To great effect. Yeah, very good. A couple other mentions for for the year. Shang-Chi in the wuxia genre. It was my favorite superhero movie of the year. I think it was dynamic and fun. Really, really good. Power of the Dog. The Jane Campion movie uh, set on a ranch in Montana. The story of two brothers and their struggles. Really, really loved that. But at the top of the list has to be Dune. I looked forward to it for so long. It was delayed. And then it finally came out. And it was beautiful. And I love it. And I will watch this movie again and again. There was definitely a lot more to love about it than there was to be disappointed in. Which is saying a lot dealing with how demanding this source material is and how deep our expectation was and how many times our expectations were delayed and heightened waiting for this movie to come out where, you know, like we probably spent more money on toys (laughs) than we did on our actual tickets. True. Yeah, that is actually very true. Uh, But I will treasure those toys and I will watch this again and again. It would have been terrible to invest all that time and money in those toys and then have it end up being a real clunker. Yeah, well. But it would also not be the first time. It would not be the only toys from that sort of category that that we have. That's true. That's true. And I would love to have the old David Lynch toys. They're really hard to find, but they are out there in the world. So if anybody's got a lead on those, let me know. All right, we're going to completely change direction and go into the world of pages and that includes comics and graphic novels uh quickly first comics a couple of mentionables that uh you should check out that will shortly have graphic novels i would hope um nice house on the lake really good suspenseful uh dc effort i really really like some of the directions that they're taking i really enjoyed that one Uh, pennyworth this is the work of scott brian wilson and juan gideon and it is sort of this flashback story of, you know, our favorite butler, Alfred Pennyworth, and when he was a young man and when he was a spy and where he is now and how those two worlds are uh, interconnected. Really, it's still ongoing. I am loving it. I think it's a 12-issue series. So we have, uh, I think, maybe three or four issues of that left. Watching and- the uh, Batman movies since reading Pennyworth, even though I know that those are in two different realizations of the DC universe, reading those Pennyworth comics has made the Batman movies more fun. Hmm. Because watching Michael Caine as Alfred, you imagine him now with this whole backstory, a really rich, exciting backstory that comes from the comics. 
as like a spy and war hero. And I think about, I like thinking about that stuff when I'm watching, like, say, The Dark Knight or something like that. Yeah, when he's like all mellow and like not helping out in the action when he actually could. He's capable. He was capable at one time and still has the mindset of, you know, a guy who once was basically kind of Batman. Yeah. Batman before Batman. True. But with fewer mental health issues. All right. Uh, the other comic that I want to mention is still in, in, in baby steps. So it's only two issues in. And that is What's the Furthest Place from Here by Matthew Rosenberg. I'm really loving it. And uh, it, I think it's got so much promise yet to be revealed. So those are a couple comics that you should check out. For graphic novels... It was a rich year again. Uh, I'm not going to spend too much time. We did talk about Marath Vallas by EPHK earlier in the year. That was a great sci-fi. And right on its heels, Carbon and Silicone and also The Labyrinth. Three really great science fiction uh, graphic novels that you should totally check out. Uh, Loved Incredible Doom by Matthew Bogart. Been a fan of his for a while, and he'd been putting out his comics as, like, zine format, basically, and finally got them all compiled and uh, distributed in one volume, and it's called Incredible Doom, and it's about kids pre... in the early days of the internet, basically. Uh, really, really like that. It would not be... Uh, a year without mentioning the amazing work of Brubaker and Phillips, and they have a third in the trilogy of Reckless that came out this year. Excellent. Just a great crime drama. But my favorite book of the year was Monsters by Barry Windsor Smith. Now, he is best known for his work on, like, Conan. Uh, he did some work on X-Men and Daredevil. Basically, he's been kind of working on this graphic novel for the last 35 years. He hasn't put anything out for about 16 years. And this is the story of Bobby Bailey, who is a young soldier who uh, gets into this world of World War II genetics, um, Nazis, science, supernatural powers. It's called the Prometheus Project. And it is huge. It is 365 pages. It's dense. It's great storytelling. I would love to see this transferred into a TV show because there's a lot of really interesting characters in this book. And they all come back around. Like, there's so many threads. Man, this tapestry is rich. So this was my best book of the year. And I, I heartily encourage you all to get out there Spend the money. It's a big book. It's going to cost you about 50 bucks, but it's so worth it. It's really good. That might end up being like a dollar an hour as far as how, <laughs> how long it will take to get through the whole thing. Yeah, because I'll read it again. I know I'm going to reread it again. There's lots of stuff that I missed. I was just so captivated and just wanted to find out where the story was going. Yeah, amazing, amazing book. All right, we're going to take a little pause, throw things over to Hank and Craig, and then uh, Dave's going to take us through 2021 in music. Hey, everybody, it's Craig Silliphant here on Punch Radio on CFCR 90.5 FM, and I'm here, as always, with my good buddy Hank, and we are ringing in the new year, or at least for this half hour, so nowhere near the actual new year. Uh, which is going to come many hours later. And, allegedly. Uh, well, let, let's see what happens. Okay, you never know. You're right. I mean, uh, 
an asteroid could hit the earth. Anything could happen at this point. Uh, nothing would surprise me at this point. No. But, you know, we're not, we don't really have a big New Year's focus here. We just wanted to say uh, Happy New Year a little bit. What we have instead is Hank's going to talk about a few things he's checking out. And then we're going to talk a little bit about some TV shows we're excited for in 2022. So uh, lay it on me, Hank. What do you got? Okay. Have you heard of a television show called Vigil? No. It is on Crave right now, but it's actually a six-part BBC series that in different parts of the world, they actually call it Vigilant, but it is called The Vigil on Crave, and it's the mysterious disappearance of a Scottish fishing trawler and a death on board a nuclear submarine bring the police into conflict with the British Navy and the British Secret Service um, murder mystery on a nuclear submarine? Yes, please. Yes, please. There is four, now, f- sorry, five episodes out now. Uh, the sixth is coming out, I believe, in two days. Fantastic. It is like, it's gripping. It's uh, full BBC. Like, even, you know, the, where they use, like, lots of grays and blues when they're shooting everything. It's like, yeah. full BBC. But the main thing is there are two police detectives. And because this guy dies in the submarine close enough to the shoreline, they're in British waters. So the police have to investigate it. The Navy doesn't. So they get the one detective and she hops on this helicopter and they kind of push her off into the ocean. And then she gets on the submarine to do the murder investigation there while her partner is doing the other half of the murder investigation because a bunch of stuff leads to some things on shore. So she's doing that. So it's going back and forth. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, it's good. It is good. You need to check it out. It sounds interesting. And I do like a good uh, European like murder show. It's uh, murder on a submarine. Yeah, bum, nice. Bum, I'll check it out. The, the Vigil. And speaking of my favorite year, 1883, it is uh, a prequel to one of my favorite TV shows, Yellowstone, uh, which we've talked about. Yep. So this one follows the Dutton family as they flee poverty in Texas and embark on a journey through the Great Plains to seek a better future in Montana, which is where the Yellowstone Ranch is in the Yellowstone show. Uh, so real life couple Tim McGraw and Faith Hill star. And I went Faith Hill and Tim McGraw. Really? And that's it. You know what? Okay, because why would we question Taylor Sheridan? Because he's great. And you know what? They're doing an okay job. The first two episodes I've watched now, very good. Sam Elliott, who's in it. So now we're like, Sam Elliott. Well, that's okay then. And word has it that Billy Bob Thornton shows up for uh, some guest starring parts. And Tom Hanks shows up for a minute, I guess. I saw that Uh, too, yeah. But created and written by Taylor Sheridan, uh, if this is even half as good as Yellowstone or his other work like Hell or High Water, Wind River, Sicario, uh, I'll be taking the 12-episode journey with the Duttons. It's available on Paramount Plus right now, which I got a subscription for $5.99 a month so I could watch it. And then at some point, it's going to hit Amazon Prime here in Canada, but I wanted to watch it right away. Um, So check it out. And it is going to be airing all the way through January, I believe. And even like our one of our favorite shows, Curb, is still showing episodes in January. But what are you excited for in terms of new shows that are coming out? Uh, well, you know, I've got a giant list here and uh, some of them are some of them are sound very exciting and some of them I'm like iffy on. But just to kind of run through them a little bit, I think one of the ones that I'm most excited for is the Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, series. I am not a huge fan of the prequels, but I think that Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi was like amazing. And, you know, I, I love I love it when he's in those movies. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to 
uh, checking that out, especially if it's been at the sort of high mark of quality that they've had for a lot of the other uh, Star Wars uh, mm-hmm. televised stuff like uh, Mandalorian and stuff, which obviously is uh, coming back to. And uh, obviously, I might as well mention Book of Boba Fett uh, just started as well. Lord of the Rings has a new series coming out. I don't know if I'm that. I'm more curious about that one. I feel like I've seen all the Lord of the Rings I need to see after the Peter Jackson movies, but uh, but it does. It is interesting. I checked that one out. Uh, there's a few interesting Marvel shows like Moon Knight and She-Hulk. I think that would be cool. The final season of Ozark, which was a show that it took me a long yes. time to actually get onto. Uh, yeah, welcome to the club a little late. Guys. Yeah, well, I just was like, hey, there's so much out there and I had heard good stuff about it. But to me, like recommendations got to be like, no, this is one of the top shows of the year because there's just so much stuff coming at us all the time. And there's, you know, things I like to watch for fun, like a lot of the comic book uh, shows and stuff. But, you know, for a serious show, uh, sometimes it takes me a few recommendations to actually pull the trigger on it. Uh, but I'm glad I did on that one because it, uh, it's a good show and I can't wait to see how they wrap it up. And I'm glad they're going to wrap it up because a lot of these shows, they just keep dragging on forever. And even my, some of my favorite shows like the X-Files get dragged out forever. And then by the end, it's just stupid and, the, and there's no quality left. I'm looking forward to another season of uh, Ted Lasso, of course. Yeah. Um, there's one actually oh, that I watched season one and it was really good, but I kind of barely remember it. And I just saw the trailer for it a week or two ago. It's HBO's Euphoria with uh, Zendaya and, uh, you know, another, there's a, a great cast on that show. Uh, I was sort of like off the Euphoria train because they did a couple of episodes in like COVID lockdown. Standalone was, yeah, they were very, they were bottle episodes basically. And, uh, you know, it was interesting what they tried to do, but it just sucked the wind right out of the sails for me. But I saw the trailer for it and it almost looked like they're amping it up from the first season into like, like a lot more of a crime element to the show and stuff like that. So uh, awesome. it looked really good. And, you know, I think Zendaya is really good on that show. I mean, she's obviously had a, like her career's exploded since even the first season uh, aired on HBO there. So, so I'll check that one out. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I don't know. There's like, I think that's, you know, there's another season of Cobra Kai just dropped another season of the crown that I'm looking forward to. I'm just scrolling through the list here. I don't think we can watch the newest season of the crown. Because if I remember correctly, they cast that Dolores Umbridge uh, from Harry Potter uh, actor to be the queen now. And no, we don't like her. Nope, because she was so mean to Harry Potter. And right. Now watch it. Nope. <laughs> Is there anything uh, we got, uh, you know, another minute or two left here? Anything that you're particularly looking forward to? The uh, euphoria, because it has been so long, and it was one of my favorite shows of the year when it came out, that it's almost been long enough that I may have to rewatch the first season just to uh, get back into it, which kind of sucks, but uh, yeah. yeah, I'm excited about that one. I was thinking the same thing, like, cause I barely remember. All I remember was that Zendaya's character was, had a drug issue and that she sort of got together with that other character, the like trans character uh, who also had one of the other bottle episodes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think, I mean, there's a new, another, uh, season of sex education. I know you like that show. Oh yeah. We're not going to see a lot of Chris Knopf. I don't think <laughs> this year. <laughs> Oops. Uh, yeah. After, you know, all his, uh, garbage going on, but, uh, but yeah, so I don't know. I mean, in terms of movies too, I mean, I think really what I like in terms of movies is cleaning up from the year before, uh, so there are obviously movies I'm looking forward to in 2022, but for the first part of the year, it's like, you know, those movies that are, that did really well at Cannes or on the circuit, uh, and we just don't get them in Saskatoon until like 
after the new year starts. Oh, like so, a licorice uh, pizza. Like, come on. Yeah, exactly. Movies like that or Red Rocket. Uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to stuff like that. Uh, Drive My Car is uh, supposed to be really good. So uh, stuff like that. So, well, uh, I mean, I think that's about our time. We got to throw back Happy to New Year, Craig. Yeah, Happy, Happy New Year to you too. We're going to throw back to Jody and everybody here. And uh, on behalf of both Hank and I, Happy New Year. Have a great evening. Be safe. Don't drink and drive and enjoy your hangover in 2022. Woo. Woo. All right. Thank you, fellas. Dave, what should we be listening to? What was remarkable for the ears this past year? I'm going to call 2021 a good music year. Okay. Lots of artists putting things out that, you know, maybe we hadn't heard a lot from before. I'm going to skip through some names that always end up on my best of as long as the, you know, it's not an incredibly outstanding year or maybe they put out something that's like complete garbage, like one little misstep and they, they, they might stay off the best of list for that year. Uh, talking about names like Aesop Rock, Sturgill Simpson, Mad Lib. If those artists put out something in, in just about any year, there's a good chance that it's going to be one of my favorites. And, 2021 was no exception. All three of those artists uh, did what they do. Some other artists that maybe aren't like automatic chart toppers, best ofs, mm -hmm. top 20s, top 30s. The album Spiral by the duo Darkside. This is Nicholas Jar's collaboration with another sort of avant-garde electronic artist named David Harrington. And while I am a Nicholas Jar fan, I think by 2021, he's a musical artist that really needs a collaborator to keep him grounded. On one of his last albums a few years ago, there was actually a sticker on the vinyl purchase informing the listener that some of the distortions and sounds on the album were intentional to prevent people from listening to it the first time and thinking that they'd been sold a flawed or damaged copy of the record. I think once you reach that point where you're giving your <laughs> listeners those warnings, it may be a sign that your pretentiousness has gone far enough down the avant-garde rabbit hole that you kind of need somebody to pull you back. And that's what I hear happening on the Dark Side album, Spiral. Their second album, about after about, I'm going to say, maybe a seven or eight year layoff. And it's really right back to business with this like avant-garde electronic sound, sometimes kind of catchy, sometimes kind of spooky, but always kind of keeping you on the edge a little bit. Um, I got into a lot of ambient music in 2021, old and new. And one of my favorite new releases that I think would fit into that category would be an album called Leviathan by The Grid and Robert Fripp. Uh, when I think of Robert Fripp, I think of weird avant-garde guitar. And I don't think there's actually any guitar on this album. Some of these sounds might be coming from like an effects pedal hooked up to Robert Fripp's guitar. But basically on Leviathan, you're getting these really large soundscapes that kind of sound like not much is going on at first, but the more you get into them, the more they can kind of be a backdrop for an oral escape, if you will. There's an artist named Lorraine James that I, I know had been putting out stuff for a couple of years, but I never heard her name before 2021. Her album Reflection 
kind of reminds me a little bit of Aphex Twin, this sort of glitchy, off-kilter, instrumental hip-hop. This is a name I think we need to look we need to look deeper into. I, I need time to go back with no, Lorraine James. I look forward to going forward with Lorraine James. Another album that fits into the kind of ambient realm that I got into this year is a one-woman band called Midwife. Put out her third album called Luminol. This kind of fills a gap for me that I've been missing. Uh, ever since the Ruby Cato Atwood-led Yamantaka Sonic Titan lineup ceased to exist a few years ago. I know that Yamantaka Sonic Titan are still a band. They're still putting stuff out. But those first two albums really hit a sweet spot for us that we haven't kind of returned to since then. And I think if there's anybody out there who sort of feels that same void in the indie music landscape, Midwife's album Luminol might be something that could plug that hole. I can listen to this 35-minute album every day and find time to go on the intense little... It's, it's, it's an album that, while you might sort of think of it as being quiet, it sounds really, really good turned up incredibly loud. I, I would put that in the same category as maybe some bands from the past like bright black morning light or mm. cowboy junkies who sort of sound soft but sound good loud um, the album's called luminol by by midwife that's that's one that that's an album that i i would consider listening to um, if you want something to relax to but still be able to have an intense listening experience okay you got one minute Okay. To, what was your best pick? The, I would have to say it's. I think it's an album and a band we've talked about on this show before called Mdu Mokdar, a band from West Africa who were sort of discovered over the course of the last year and a half, put out their first album on Matador Records, Afrique Victime, in 2021. I, I've made you listen to this band a lot this yep. year. And I knew it was something that I would could always put on and you would never object to. So maybe you can take us home with this one. <laughs> I really like it. It's it's refreshing to listen to a band that is not in English, that has a unique sound that blends sort of their folk music with rock. Um, it's awesome. Yeah, they're kind of using rock and roll instruments, a typical two guitar, bass, drums, rock and roll setup to play albums that are rooted in this Tareg songwriting style. And so you're hearing different kinds of rhythms, different kinds of tonal inflections, a different language, as you pointed out. But it is still essentially rock and roll. It's just presented in a way that we've never really heard it before and done so through the voice and guitar playing of a really talented young artist. Awesome. Well, I look forward to hearing more from them in 2022, and we look forward to bringing you all the good stuff that we're listening to and reading and watching, and hopefully we can inspire you to find some good stuff to be entertained by. Happy New Year, everyone, and you know what to do. Keep your dukes up.